Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Now we back up again in the story, and we're going to read the passage that we're going to talk about for a few minutes tonight. That passage is from Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 36. We're told here that then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, Your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer, is at hand. As we've walked through this service tonight, we've talked about Jesus and, and what he went through with the crucifixion, what he went through in, in his death. We, we've talked about the betrayal that he endured. We've seen that, that in all of that, he was submitting to the Father's plan to rescue the Father's people, the people of God for himself. And he submitted to that by telling Peter to put his sword away, He submitted to that by going peacefully with the mob. He submitted to that by staying on the cross until the work was done. And in these verses we're going to look at now, we see Jesus, verses 36 through 39, knowing all that he was about to go through, says to his disciples, remain here, watch with me. He's He's asking them, be here with me. The remain here is the same Greek word used in John chapter 15, verse 9. Do you remember that word? It's the word used here for when Jesus tells the disciples to abide in him. Same word, this remain, this abide. Jesus uses it asking, telling them to abide in him. So, So another use of this word here would be Jesus telling now the disciples, you disciples, abide here with me and watch. Jesus always abides with his people by the presence of the Holy Spirit. But, but now we see the opposite of that. Jesus knew the agony of what he would face as they abandoned him. And more importantly, when in death, he would be separated from the Father. But knowing that was to come, Jesus knew it was coming 
And three times here it says he prayed, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. What cup is he talking about here? It's called the cup of wrath. And without going into a ton of detail from the Old Testament tonight, let me just say this. The cup of God's wrath that Jesus had to drink from, that Jesus had to drink every drop of, is the full vehemence and, and fierceness of God's wrath poured out against all of your sin, of my sin, of the sin of the disciples, of all who come in faith to him. Jesus in his human nature, he was fully God and fully man, but in his human nature, he didn't want to go through this. And so he said, Lord, if it be possible, if there's any way to do this other than what the plan is, would you take this cup from me? But because God so loved the world, his response was silence. Jesus didn't want to do it, but he did. To complete the rescue plan. To bring glory to the triune God. And he did it for those who will believe in his name. And he did it for those disciples right there who were letting him down. You see, just before this passage in verse 35, you remember what happened? Jesus said, he told the disciples, you're all going to scatter, right? He's telling them that. And in verse 35, well, and, and he tells Peter that he would deny him three times before the rooster crowed. And now in verse 35, <laughs> Peter said to Jesus, strong Peter, right? Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And it tells us kind of in a little, almost a little snippet at the um, footnote there, it says, and we are, uh, that all the disciples said the same, right? But now, immediately following that, we see some pretty tired disciples. They all fell asleep. They're there, they fall asleep, particularly Peter, James, and John. But Peter, who was the most bold in his claim, is the one whom Jesus addresses. In this group of disciples that were all around, there's skepticism, there's unbelief, there's fear, and it seems they were just plain worn out. But Jesus addresses Peter, and I think Jesus is trying to get Peter to see that his own efforts are just going to exhaust him. And so Peter needs to recognize what I think our first point this evening is. And that is that he's exhausted from his own efforts. Look back at verse 40. And when he came to the disciples and found them sleeping, he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Now, most of you, I think, I think it's probably fair to say all of us at some point have fallen asleep when we didn't mean to. Right? Hopefully they don't have any major consequences. All of us have, fa have fallen asleep when we're trying to stay awake for something or for someone. 
parents, it might be until your teenager gets home, um, or when your spouse, maybe, maybe it's when your spouse is talking to you late at night or early in the morning, depending on your, where, where you, uh, your personality. It might be while you're laying down with your kid to help them to go to sleep. I had a lot of good naps that way. So the disciples were definitely physically tired. That's clear. But it was even more than that, I believe. It seems they were emotionally and spiritually exhausted as well. Without, I mean, if you, if you take the time um, tonight and tomorrow, just look back at the preceding chapters and all that they're going through and all the emotion and the ups and downs and all those things that are happening. It seems they're emotionally and spiritually exhausted. And so as Jesus speaks to, to Peter, he is showing Peter that he needs to understand and say and to submit to the truth that I'm exhausted. My efforts, my own efforts are not going to change this situation. I can't work hard enough. I can't be good enough. Now, I grew up wondering, maybe some of you did as well, what was wrong with Peter falling asleep? I mean, it was Jesus that asked him not to do it, right? What was wrong with Peter falling asleep? But we should not approach this with the attitude of, come on, man, toward Peter. Like, sometimes we read these things with the disciples and we're like, what is wrong with you? It was Jesus asking you. But you and I would have fallen asleep too. In these same circumstances, we would have too. And I can say that confidently because you do now. And so do I. All the time. I'm not talking about physical sleep now, though. I think you are with me. I'm talking about spiritual sleep. And it shows up like this. When we're trying to be good parents, good spouses, good friends, good churchgoers, good elders, good followers of Jesus, when we're trying to do all those things, but we're trying to do, those aren't bad things, but we're trying to do those things in our own strength, what happens? We get exhausted. And ultimately, if, if we don't turn to Jesus, what also happens in that is that we become bitter if it goes on long enough. We become bitter towards those around us. And, and all of that leads to us being spiritually asleep. And we may even begin to wonder, what is all this for? We wouldn't say that out loud usually, not until it gets real bad. But what is all this for? And then figuratively, maybe even literally, we might be like, is this worth it? Jesus, can I just have a me day? Or I can just do whatever I want to today. And it doesn't matter, and you're not going to pay attention. Jesus knew this. Jesus knew this. And the point he was making to Peter, which will we'll, we'll unfold more as, the, you know, you, as you walk through the story, you see it more. But he's saying, Peter, you're not nearly as strong as you think you are. You're not nearly as strong as you think you are, but I'm about to take care of that problem in a way that makes no sense to your way of thinking, Peter. And I'm about to take care of that problem in a way that makes no sense to the world's way of thinking. I'm going to take care of it in a way, Peter, that your strength cannot come close to being able 
to help. But again, we all get tired spiritually as well. It happens. We're just trying to do, make every area of our life look good enough or be perfect enough. And, and we're trying to, even, even in the guise of we're trying to follow Jesus right, but we're doing it depending on our own effort and not going to him and saying, Lord, help me. We need to be able to admit and recognize this for what it is. And we learn to see that, that Jesus knew this about us. Do you all understand that? It's not like Jesus was waiting around to see, well, will this guy get it right? Will this guy meet my standards by himself? Is this guy going to be better than that guy? No, Jesus knew it about us. And he suffered for that, just like he suffered for Peter failing him. And so the answer is not immerse ourselves then in our own doing, in our own strength, or even in the good spiritual looking things and hope that that by itself will fix our problem. The answer is to run to Jesus, to run to the places that he says he will meet us. Where are those places? He says he'll meet us in his word. He says he will meet us in worship, through prayer, through the body of Christ, looking to him together, holding one another accountable, calling out what's going on in our lives, not out of condemnation, but out of help, out of love, out of care. And he gave us the Holy Spirit to make all those things effective and alive in our lives. But please understand, you cannot get there We cannot get there looking for the power of the Holy Spirit to help us until we recognize that we need help. Our second point is to cry out, I need help. Can y'all say that with me for a minute? Not, not to me, but to God. I need help. Verse 41 Jesus says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus shows that our reliance is to be on him and his strength. Jesus is, is saying to Peter here, Peter, there will be temptation Peter, the spirit, your spirit, Peter, is willing, but your flesh, your strength, your heart, your passions, Peter, all that in you that you think that really wants to do what's right, that flesh, Peter, your flesh is weak. So just because you have great intentions doesn't mean you can do this on your own. You all know the stories, right? Over and over again. People who are standing in their own strength in certain areas of life, not letting God speak to them and challenge them and convict them, or when he does convict them, just kind of trying to ignore it and play it off and hope no one notices. What happens eventually? Eventually, they fall. And if we are honest with ourselves, 
We see this in ourselves as well. And that's because as followers of Jesus, we are simultaneously saints and sinners. That means we have been declared righteous. God is making us more and more like him. And we still have a sinful nature that we are dealing with. It's defeated, but it's still there. And we're dealing with it this side of glorification, of of eternity, of heaven. And we are battling that. Our remaining sinful flesh still wants to follow its own way, not the ways of God. And spiritual warfare is real. The evil one, Satan, tempts us to rely on our own strength. Whispering words of how big we are, how much we can control, how much we are like God. Or the opposite of how we have no meaning, no purpose, no hope. Because God doesn't really care and he's left us. Jesus is telling Peter and us, you need help because you are weak. You need to rely on me. And this reliance on him, reliance on Jesus, includes watching and praying. Jesus is telling Peter in this specific moment, Watch and pray. Peter didn't get what was happening yet. He didn't understand yet. He was still resting in his own strength and ability. He had not yet understood this need to pray. But Jesus, in the middle of all this, Jesus who is fully God and fully man, in all of this, what did Jesus do? Jesus stopped and he prayed. And he prayed three times. Submission to the will of the Father, but he said, Lord, if this cup could pass from me, I'll paraphrase, that'd be great. For us this evening, we called it out a minute ago, that's because I told you to. But for us this evening, we need to tell God we need help. You, if you're here tonight, need to tell God you need help because the reality is every one of us does. Everyone. None of us are immune from it. Sometimes we think, have you ever thought this way? Doesn't God get tired of me coming to him again and again? And I think some of the reason we think that way is that at times, maybe as parents, or maybe you felt this as a child from your parent, when you just keep doing the same thing over and over again and you keep coming back, you kind of, kids, do you ever get the, teenagers, do you ever get the feeling that parents are kind of like, okay, we've had this talk before. You know why you get that feeling? Because we're also sinful. And at some point we get to a point where we're like, I don't want to mess with this anymore, right? God's not like that. God's not like that. Commenting on that, In his book, Gentle and Lowly, Pastor Dane Ortland says, He, Jesus, does not get flustered and frustrated when we come to him for fresh forgiveness, for renewed pardon, with distress and need and emptiness. That's the whole point. It's what he came to heal. He went down into the horror of death and plunged out through the other side in order to provide a limitless supply of mercy and grace to his people. Jesus knows how desperately we're in need of help, but we need to acknowledge it ourselves. 
When we acknowledge our sin, we're not teaching God or Jesus anything about us. But it's good for us to. Often our prayers are centered around, God, fix these circumstances. And the reality is sometimes he does. And we rejoice in that and we celebrate that. And he tells us to pray for those things. But please understand that our prayer needs to be much bigger than that. Because Jesus suffered for something much bigger than that. He suffered and he died to heal our hearts. To restore hope that we are not alone. To restore the promise that we will never be alone because he's creating the new heavens and the new earth as he deals with his sin. We will not be alone again if we are in Jesus. And so we're not meant to fight the battle of the Christian life alone or in our own strength. Jesus went to the cross and he suffered so that we never have to do that again. Let that sink in a minute. So that we don't have to do that to be alone again. And I acknowledge, right, with all, sometimes we feel alone. We as followers of Jesus who are trusting in him, sometimes we feel alone. But we're not. And he reminds us, watch for these temptations, pray for this ever-present help for you, because Jesus does not abandon. Jesus abides. He remains, and he proved that by staying upon the cross and by completing the work that would pay for our sins, drinking every drop of that cup of wrath. And then he gave us the cup of salvation. But he did this, and this is, this is the key. He did this, but he didn't do it for the people who think they have it all figured out. He did it for those that admit they are exhausted from their own efforts and cry out for help found only in what Jesus has finished. Are you in that place this evening? The reality is, is that if you are a follower of Jesus and have been for any length of time, it's important for us to remember that we need to come back to this again and again. As followers of Jesus, we are just as dependent today on the work of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to change us as we were the day we came to him. And if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're in here with us tonight, I want to encourage you to reflect on what Jesus did. And I just ask you, what if, what if, in your exhaustion, in your need, in this endless need our society puts on us to get better, in the endless need to be approved of, the endless need to be fulfilled in our work, the endless need to find comfort and security through what we can accomplish in this life, the endless need to control circumstances in our lives or in the lives of our children. What if? What if Jesus really did what was necessary for you 
to have the power and the strength to live a life knowing that you are loved, that you are cared for, that you will never be left alone no matter what your circumstances might cry out to you. If you feel that place in your heart tonight, I want to challenge and encourage you to turn to Jesus. Cry out to him for the first time. I need help. If you do that tonight, um, Pastor John, Pastor Mark, who's in here somewhere, myself, we would love to talk to you. Any of our elders who are here to pray with you, we'd be, we'd be happy to do that. I'm here following the service. As we prepare our hearts for the Lord's table, coming to the place that is the clear picture that the cup of wrath has been taken through Jesus' sacrifice for us, his body broken and his blood shed. We come tonight to hope because Jesus didn't stay on the cross forever. Jesus didn't stay in the tomb forever. Sunday was coming. I want to ask you to just take a few moments, reflect on these things. Where, where in your life is God showing you this evening that you need to cry out to help from him, where you're trying everything in your own power, but you need to ask him to help you by the power of his spirit through his grace to change. Will you acknowledge that before him? I'm going to invite the worship team to come up as we do this silently, and then I'll lead us together in a corporate confession of sin as we move towards communion. But ask that you lift your eyes. It is good and right for us to confess our sin individually. And it's good and right for us to come to him together corporately and confess our sin. So I invite you to stand with me. And read this out loud as a prayer. I'm with me. Holy God, we are guilty of pride and unbelief of failure to find your mind in your word, of neglect to see you in our daily lives. Our sins and shortcomings present our consciences with a long list of accusations, but they shall not stand, for we lay them all now on Christ, our sacrifice and advocate. Go on now, Lord, to subdue our weaknesses, 
granting us grace by the Holy Spirit to live above them. Let us not be mastered by them, but now rule over us in liberty and power. We praise and thank you for your wisdom and love, for sometimes putting us into the furnace to refine our gold and remove our dross. Deliver us from every evil habit, everything that dims the brightness of your grace in us, everything that prevents us from taking our deepest delight in you. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now hear his assurance of our pardon. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseers of your souls. That is his assurance from his word. Let's respond in song, even continuing as we prepare our hearts to come to his table. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.